we're recording. Hi, welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. I am Finn. I am your host, um, your entertainer, um, the hostess with the mostest. No, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I don't know where this one's going. <laughs> I just, just like Snoop Dogg, I just be doing shit. <laughs> if you turn it out okay though if you turn it out, okay. out okay though that's the good thing that's what it is um so yeah i'm finn and i am canceled this week because i have standards for my dating life why would you be canceled okay let me tell you something is it an unreasonable standard no like it's not <laughs> it's not like oh i require you to have like seven toes like no like that's a very- <laughs> I don't know why I went to feet, but I did. I do not, not have a foot feet. fetish. Not I am just to let y'all know, I am not one of them foot niggas. I am a gambler. <laughs> if I see some good looking legs, ooh, and some hands, ooh, now some hands. Oh my God, I love hands. Uh, Big hands, hands, clean hands, clean hands. I, I like working hands. They could be a little grungy. Uh-uh, I don't want to see no dirt on nobody's skin. Well, no, we're gonna clean them before down. we use them. But like, if, if, I get if that. you've been if you've been using them, we know that you know how to use them. Okay, okay. I get it. I do like I do like me some. Never mind. So, but no, my standards were like so. A friend and I were talking, and we were talking about how what we're looking for in men or partners in general. And I said my partner cannot uh, cannot live at home with their parents. And they have to be able to take care of themselves. That's really it, right? That's, that's the bars in hell, baby. That's the basics. That's the basics, okay? And the reason I said this is because, like, number one, I'm, and I'm not talking about people who, and you always have to say this because people have to, you have to clarify it. I'm not saying if you're not able-bodied. Right, 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 right. That's number one. And the other thing is, it's like there's a circumstance of like your parent, one of your parents is sick and you need to be or they're there. they're older and they need to, you're, they're living with you. Right. <laughs> right. Like that's not, I don't mean it in those sense. I mean it in right. you are 30 years old and you've never moved out of your mother's house. Like Also introduce me. <laughs> I'm getting there. I know, but I'm just talking. <laughs> it's funny to me. Keep going. But like... <laughs> It's one of those things of like, I need you to know how to take care of yourself as an adult because I'm not going to be the one taking care of you. Right. I'm not, I'm not raising a child. I'm trying to date you. Right. Period. That's period. it. That's period. <laughs> right. So with a hard T. Like with a hard ass T. So like I literally of- did not have a baby so that I could raise a man and a baby. Like, like no, that, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Now, <laughs> my homie G. Okay, let me explain something about my oh, homie no. G. My homie G, right here. The day I met you. Oh my God, forever ago. Wow. Forever ago. At le- what, at least six years? Six? Yeah. No, no. It's got to be, no, be, be seven, eight. We met in 15. I met you at karaoke. Yeah. That was in 15. I came to Raleigh in 15. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Way before then. 
I know. Vibes, though. But, uh, the energy. I feel you. It feels like it was way before them. What was I doing? What was I doing in all this <laughs> time? time? We, we, were having a, we were having a go in 15. So I, I excuse it. We were, everybody I know was having a solid go in 15. So. I was waking, we all woke up in some weird situations. Some of us had to go to court. Uh, <laughs> we were having wife. a go in 15. So. Wife. But the day I met you, ever since then, your energy, your vibes, your, your knowledge, you are, you are so wise. Thank you. And you are poetic and you are gorgeous and you are just, oh my God. When I think of Solier, I'm just like, bitch. <laughs> so hi, your name is Solier. Introduce yourself. Hi. What are your pronouns? What do you do? No hi. real job. No real job. I'm, I'm not gonna, well, I'm not gonna tell you my real job. It's, it's not even interesting, but um, hi, I'm Solier. I am a poet extraordinaire, which is a new moniker that I am testing out that rhymes with my name and it's stupid and I love it. <laughs> um, oh yeah, poet do, extraordinaire, what good? I, I do be writing the poems, but I'm also like a writer before I am a uh performer and people are like read us a thing and I'm like earn it (laughs) 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 I recently came into that because people are like perform for us and I'm like dollars money money what did did Kendrick say this this shit ain't free like just like but um no I, I do I do the poetry I do the maths um I I do the reading I um but you I do, do the math. I, I, I crunch of the numbers, but um, yeah, I'm. You're the I'm, first. Um, you're, you, by the way, you're one of the first mass efficient people that's been on the podcast. Good for you. It's usually oh. an ant. It's a it's a very homophobic <laughs> trait. <laughs> no, you know what math give me? You know what? You know, no, you know what queer energy math give me though? What? Math gives me big dick nerd vibes. Okay, okay. It's not the science. It's the math behind that big dick nerd vibe. Mm-hmm. I feel the, like geometry is pretty gay, in my opinion. It's like shapes vibing. Come on, gay. Gay like, fuck. Why? Gay. Because of that shit, I now look at shapes and I see, like, you know when you look at something, you're like, oh, the first thing is, oh, remember that round thing? Like, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That square? That circle? Like, I automatically see a shape and that's the shape it has to be forever. If you put a bottle, if you gave me a bottle of water that wasn't in the shape that it is in now, I would never be able to take a water bottle in a different shape. I'm glad that you have object permanence. That's very good. <laughs> Keep telling us about you. <laughs> yes. No, I'm um, probably best described as like a sociology nerd. Um, oh. I when, when I went when I went to the schools and did the the, the studying and learning. Um, I had social science degrees, and so I've just kind of kept the vibe and anywhere I can um, pick up uh, studies and analysis on <clears throat> the basics of social interaction all the way up to, like, the complex scaffolding of, like, you know, multiple layered intersectional identity theory, all the complex stuff that has, like, 
50 cent word names. Um, I love it. I love it. It's great. I, I like learning and, and stacking all my learning on top of each other to sound very smart on podcasts. <laughs> well, I get that. Um, again, I'm a college dropout twice. Beauty school I'm in school now. I'm in school again. Uh-oh, one more time, one more time. One more time. <laughs> you, know, you know, remember um, watching Girlfriends and Lynn was always in school? I'm the opposite of that. I look at Lynn and I, and I'm like, girl, I ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> That's the thing. I was like, well, I don't know. You've always been busy, though. It's not like you were out of school and just not doing stuff. You like working jobs and making moves and like doing a whole life thing regularly all the time. So like, I don't, Child but again, it school is all a no blur. Reason, so. It is all a blur. <laughs> school but expensive for no reason. So. I am, <clears throat> I do know that I'm like, I'm smart in my own right. I've always oh, studied yes. subjects. And like sociology was always the major that I chose. So like my entire major is sociology. Except for that one week I tried to be an English major. Baby, why? <laughs> And believe me, as a poet, I, I I too thought that I would. I was like, y'all in here just hoity-toity academia bullshit. And I can't right, like, what are you doing? And the weird part about it, the weird part about it was, you see me on Facebook. You see me on Facebook. I use commas. I use semicolons. I use you parentheses. Great punctuation. I look. I will. I will let you know which verb and adverb is wrong if I'm really in the mood. Right, the verb, the tenses be matching. Right. And like people text me and they get well, well-written paragraphs. I'm like, okay, so the format for this should be question, call, and response. So what I'm going to do is format this in a way that you can read. And then people will be like, my, oh my God, my brother and his run-on sentences. I'm like, what did you say to me, nigga? Like, right. Like, what did you say? And the worst part is other people can read this and I can't. Me neither. Which, which make me question, how am I the minority in... And and something that we all got, right? Right. We like, all got this. Everybody we go to got this. School with y'all, like what I don't happened? care. Look, if if your school, there was there was a point. It's in the um, like the United States Board of Education bullshit, whatever department. Right, of the federal level. You right. Right. Federal level is punctuation is in there. Right. Period. That's it. <laughs> So, like, we all got that basic part. I don't understand where y'all niggas be at. But, like, again, I was a sociology major. <laughs> right, people don't be capitalizing stuff, and I'm like, is this the end of the thought, or was like, there more? what is happening here? And, anyway, sociology. But, like, I was always a sociology major, and I've used it in every one of my jobs, surprisingly. And it's, like, because of that, you know, you know the thing about sociology, when you're in class, you're reading papers and speeches and, and dissertations and all those good things, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but like half of it is a reference and a response to another reference. Oh my God, it's so many layers down. <laughs> right, that you start, that that's where you start learning the world of the Wikipedia web. Facts. Because learn, we had learned the concept of research, right? Right. Because you're like, okay, I gotta read this. Well, this person referenced this person. This person referenced Frederick Douglass. Okay, now I gotta go and look into Frederick Douglass because he's my nigga, and I need to know more about him. 
Right. Now I gotta go down that web of oh Frederick did this, Frederick did that, Frederick connected to this person and that person and that person and that person, and you just keep going down. <laughs> All the way down. I saw you save me from my okay. So I wanted to really bring you here for meat and potatoes. Potatoes. I'm currently not feeding you meat and potatoes because like I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like after the pandemic, every once in a while I'll have a guest on and I'll make a meat and some potatoes. Potatoes. And it'll be like we'll have like a real meat and potato meal while doing the podcast. I mean, we're not gonna do ASMR, like we're not doing that. Please, oh my god. Oh, this is terrible. Be, like I like it, but then it's also like I do not. the worst thing in the world. I do not. As someone who was who was born hard of hearing, needed hearing aid their entire life, went through a series of steroid injections and thanks for the universe for giving me a, a half a miracle or two. I appreciate the fuck out of sound. <laughs> yeah, but not that sound. <laughs> but the sound coming out of your mouth. I can't stand that either. Like, I'll take ASMR of like somebody a pencil going across paper I don't or want, something. Nope. Or I like can't. some other vague things. But like, eating is the absolute worst horrific like, one that has ever been designed. Like, I it feel, literally makes my skin I feel fall. like if I, I feel like ASMR is like one of those things that if I start doing it, I'm gonna come across a video, and each video is gonna trigger some latent like covert spy i just like, had the most incredible idea like activate like it'll be like activate my assassin in me like <laughs> asmr is not it's, like, it's gonna hit you with the activation codes and you're gonna start flipping out of your window like right like i like then, like it'll be like then, then they'll be like wait is nigga doing parkour in the bunks and like you'll be like nah <laughs> like it's that's the like, asmr activation codes oh my exactly. god exactly <laughs> And I'm not ready for that. Also, that's probably... So, one of the last stories I've been reading, I've been reading, like, I read, like, random artists. And, like, this guy, he could be programmed by having sex. Like, someone could be programming him while they're having sex. Sex is the, the greatest, way, greatest way to condition somebody. You're yeah. already producing the endorphin hormones that you need to submit right. a conditioning model. But, like, this is, like, anyway, Don't get me started, because I will sociology that. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. Like, it was, like, programming, programming. Like, he didn't even remember what he was doing during the programming. Nothing. Wow. They got him to, like, programmed him to not be able to hear anybody while he's having sex. That's convenient. As, uh, wait, can he hear the person that he's with? The, only the person who programmed him. That's okay, but not that good. And like, ever since, <laughs> so like now, like programming in my mind, like everything to me could be programmed now. And I'm just very concerned and very afraid. Like, I feel like I'm going to be out of it. Like, I read the book, what, like a month ago? So I'll be out of it. Like, you know, within another month, it won't bother me anymore. No, like, but like when you read a whole book about something like that, it sticks with you a little bit and you're like, okay, I'm nervous. Everything's fine, but I'm nervous. Like, like when I read Stephen King's 1963, that fucked me up. Stephen King be fucking people up regularly in his books, I, though. I read Pet Cemetery and I was look, like... Everywhere I would look after reading 1963, and it's not like it's a forest. Like, it's not like people are just getting killed out of nowhere. Like, it's, 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 a, it's actually a really good story. And it's like a guy going back in time trying to stop the JFK assassination. How bad do you think Stephen King can make that? How how much of a thriller could Stephen King make this? How well, much Stephen agony King. can he give you? And guess yeah, what? Stephen. 
<laughs> he did it. Stephen King. The nigga did it. Like, he is a master at what he does. He has like 5,100 books, though. So, I mean, the, the doobie practices. He he be ready. He he be like dishing them out. He's like, look, bitch, we're gonna make a few meals real fast, okay? I got time to death. But look, then, a series. <laughs> like he's just clicking them out. Like But after reading 1963, I would be afraid of walking someplace and maybe ending up in a def- in another year. Fair. Like am I gonna is this is this a wormhole? Is this did I just walk through a wormhole or a portal or, you know, whatever? Right, or you vaguely see something out of place and you're like, did I just fuck up time? Like, Right. And then, or, or, oh, wonderful. I would, um, another thing that stuck with me was, again, sexual programming. Have you ever seen that fucked up movie called Zerophilia? Actually, this will lead us into our meat and potato. This is gonna no, what the fuck is that? Zerophilia is a movie about it a- terrible already. It's a movie about a dude who he loses his virginity. And when he loses his virginity, he turns, he transitioned from a man into a woman after having an orgasm. Okay. And then he has to have an orgasm again to turn back into a man. That must, okay. I see the point we're making with this film, I think. And that whole movie was. Him trying to figure out how, how to figure out how to lock it and 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 figure out what is going on with him and meet other people like him. There are more. There are more. We apparently, we have to look that one up because that's a apparently, wild ass premise for a movie. And they're, they're apparently born this way. Okay. I don't know, it's low-key convenient. Because, I mean, if you really just perfect and like, I lock know. down your, your quality of masturbation, I you just flip I... your shit. Like, I mean, no, you're not wrong, but I want to know what magical chromosome is that? Because we have X's and Y's out here. What magical chromosome was that one? It's an M chromosome for magic. I don't know. <laughs> because I need that one. Wait, <laughs> where can so, I purchase this? Where can I purchase this? But like <laughs> that whole movie is done in like one of those, like, it's like a weird psychological thriller. Mixed like immediate like, rest style cool i'm gonna have to look this up now okay i got it. i'm gonna have to like, watch it and it's half it's like it's like a half psychological thriller half sexual exploitation Ooh. and it's find this shit <laughs> i found it on sundance it's back when we used to have cable and sundance this was like back when i was 17 when i found this shit oh no it's on prime okay y'all <laughs> Okay, y'all. We're about to laugh. We're going to look at that later. (laughs) The whole movie. Maybe this is why I smoked weed so soon after watching it. But anyway, that I did want to say that that led us into our meat and potatoes because, like, our meat and potatoes is supposed to be talking about our. uh, Well, we're both non performing. We're both gender non performing or um, non binary. And there is a difference, but. In my mind, I'm like, I know they're the difference, but I can't explain the difference properly. I can explain it for you. Yes. Yay. So, I mean, if you want to go like all the way back up and these are, when explaining things, I always like to include a lot of caveats because caveats and nuance are important in defining people because we're human beings. And while we recognize nuance, we don't do homework for this podcast. You guys got data from me one time. An hour for only 10 minutes. That'll never happen again. 
<laughs> Continue, Soliane. Um, the homework is is my brain and your you and your ability to trust my vast knowledge. That's the homework for y'all. Y'all gonna y'all gonna listen to black drinks people, period. Um, oh! So oh! <laughs> that's good. That felt good. Keep going. Um, no, but um the general larger category is people who do not identify as directly as their gender assigned at birth. That's our big overarching definition of trans and things that fall underneath that. Now you have trans feminine, trans masculine, you have trans androgynous and people going in all sorts of directions along the gender spectrum. And then you have people who are, are a gender one or another or various genders and they're not conforming to the general stereotypes of that gender. A lot of times that's what gender non-conforming means. So you can be a gender non-conforming woman and a lot of times that's basically what butches are. Like, um, that's the kind of vibe. You can be a gender non-conforming, any type of gender though. You, you can be a gender non-conforming non-binary person and look like a regular basic straight. I love it. <laughs> Is that what I'm doing? But, no, you don't look like a straight. When have you ever looked like a straight? So let me explain something. There are moments <laughs> when I'm on the MTA and I'm waiting for the train and middle-class white women come up to me and look me up and down and ask huh? me where I'm going. And uh -huh. very, what are they asking you? They're asking me where I'm going and if I'm free. And then they're showing me the gam. Again, you know, I like gams. And it's very confusing because like, I'm trying to give off the queerest, most antisocial vibe I can at all times. Both right. antisocial and queer at fuck. Um, it's so confusing. Mixed it's signals. so confusing. Why do straight women come up to me? And it's not like a straight woman coming up to me like, damn, you look fierce. It's straight women coming up to me being like, hey, so what's good? Oh, my God. But keep going. <laughs> keep going, my dear. I know I occasionally dip into that. Like, sometimes when I'm doing gender, I, I go with dandy as a gender and so like it's me in a button-up and a vest and like a tie or whatever and it's like a whole little motif and I look great and then yeah no like, you are the sexiest newsboy I've ever seen it's yeah it's a whole vibe and then what I'm what I'm attempting to do is draw someone who thinks that they're a pretty princess and wants to go with me around the town and we'll take a stroll what happens is there's usually another dude in a suit that's like I like your tie and I'm like thanks but this isn't for you <laughs> can, can i can i put on my my yes. pretty my, my my pretty flowy skirt and um a nice little halter a halter tank and okay. let my hair be all flowery and i can be a princess and then yes you take we, we the will wing. take a stroll across the, the park ground oh can i get a parasol yes and i'll bring my cane it'll be a whole look oh my god Yes. But that's the thing for me. And I was thinking about this yesterday because it's funny. The most important thing for me, at least as far as attraction goes, which is a se separate subject, but dovetails into gender is that like whatever gender that you're performing, just commit to the bit and land the role. Like if you're performing a gender, land the role, commit to it. It's like, I'm one of those people that has been blessed with the ability to be attracted to just about every gender that exists, whatever version of it that people are doing. Some of them are terrible. And I'm like, that's still kind of hot in a terrible way, which is sad. But the one thing that I don't like is the like 
skinny, beige, androgynous nothingness gender that came out in like 2018, 2019 <laughs> of just, just, just pale white people in boxy neutral colors frowning. I was like, absolutely not. You will not represent me. I oh, reject. So, so you're not going to go to Williamsburg when you come to New York. No, okay. I got they, you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you, if you want to see the most, every gender existing and coexisting in one area, it is Williamsburg in Brooklyn. The problem is, it's not a nary color half the time. <laughs> no, no. Like half it's the time a, you be walking through and you're like, I'm the only colored person on this street. This whole street, I've walked four blocks and I'm the only colored person I saw on this street. We in New York. Oh, right. Oh, that's the thing. Like, and so it's not just perform a gender it's commit to the bit so like if you're gonna be and I was telling all my friends this if you're gonna be like a dude who's a biker I want the chains I want the leather I want the the earring I want the jingly bits I want the spurs on the boots I want the the tattoo commit do the whole bit baby if you're okay, gonna be so... a pretty princess put the flowers in your hair child like do the thing whatever okay, gender so... is that you're doing the most and you can change. You don't have to do the same one every day. Just whenever you're doing one right. at, a, so, at a time, do that one. Anyway. I remember when I was younger, I remember the first time I, so growing up, I didn't, I identified as a boy growing up. I was raised as right. a boy, right? Right. Um, however, I always didn't want to do every boy thing, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you would find me outside playing football in the backyard. I would do manual labor around the house. Um, my grandfather made me crawl under the house once to fix some shit that Yikes. like traumatized you. Traumatizing. But then at the same time, I was also like, oh, let me paint my grandmother's nails and let oh. me, you know, learn how to cook. And oh, this is a nice skirt. Can I fit it? You know, and my family was very weird. They knew. They knew. They were they like, knew. okay, we got it, we got a little gay job. It's fine. <laughs> they knew. Um, but I never like it never felt right saying gay. Right. It wasn't enough. That was what got me. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And then it didn't feel right thing by. Mm-hmm. Same. Because again, same. It, I'm like. It like, wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And because then, that's the distinction between gender and sexuality. They're linked. They're linked, but they are not one in the same. Right. And Keep then going. you've known me rolling long enough to know that I am a best connoisseur. I love it. I love it. Okay, and and again, this stems from the lesbians in my life when I was growing up, because all the lesbians I knew wore best. It's a mark demarcation. That's correct. My grandmother, my godmother, just vest everywhere. So I love a good sweater vest. <laughs> sweater vest. I've seen some leather vest. I've seen yes. Um, the suede. I like the suede. Love the suede. Love the uh, suede. Uh, but. So like I would wear, you know, I me. Mean, I would wear the best, and then I would, you know, I had a bowler hat, and then it would be a a, a newsy hat, and then I don't know. Some Didn't chucks. you do scarves too? Didn't you do a scarf phase? No, no, that was not a no. Somebody, do, somebody had a scarf phase. I was not oh doing scarf phases. I was not. I knew that I was not the one for that. <laughs> I, I knew better. 
But then, like, you would see me with my suspenders, and then you would also see me, like, again, in chucks. But it didn't feel like I was being a boy. Right. I wore my suspenders because I went through an Abilene phase, so that felt more like a girl thing for me than boy thing. And everyone- We're trying to find an accurate rep- uh, an accurate means of queering your gender with what you had at the time. Mm-hmm. And one day I was, and this was in high school, and I've been saying this since, since high school. One day, one of my friends was like, you know, you look like a lesbian, like a baby lesbian. And I was like, I'm a baby lesbian. That makes so much more sense. It made more sense than gay. It made more sense than bi. Mm-hmm. And because I knew the one word I knew I was not was trans. Because right. growing up, I was taught that trans was male to female, female to male. That is it. Right. Right. It's very concrete and very like stiff and permanent and terrifying, especially when you're a kid. Yes. Because when the way a lot of us were taught as children was you're going to cut off your dick and you're like, right. Or you're going to cut off your tits. Like it's so. <laughs> or the, or the, the reverse banana thing when they say, oh, they put oh it all God. inside of you. And you're like, Jesus. wait, what? And like, these were like the rumors and conspiracy theories that we heard about it. So. Right. It felt like, okay, I wasn't trans. I knew right. that I wasn't trans. And then I was watching a documentary and someone said the word genderqueer. <gasps> that was the first word I came to too. <sighs> and it made so much more sense. I mean, I still identified as a baby lesbian. To this day, I'm still a baby lesbian. Right, right, right. But right. genderqueer felt right for me. Right. It's, it said what I needed it to say about me. Exactly. Because it was also at the time I would learn the difference between gender and sex and sexuality. Oh my gosh. Yes. That distinction. Yes. So when you're learning all of that stuff at the same time and you're hearing the word gender and queer being used in a good way, because remember, queer still wasn't at that right. time, queer wasn't still a, you know, an okay word to use. And there are still people who will not use that word. Right. Um, and I understand their meaning behind it. But I felt like I felt empowered. I felt like I knew where I was at. You found a home in it. You yeah. I, I still have somewhere. I think I'm going to have to hang it up on the wall now that um, I live here and it's me that lives here. But um, <laughs> I have a I have a genderqueer flag somewhere that I bought at the very first Pride I attended because I was like, oh, my God. They, we have a flag. There is a flag for people yes. to do whatever the fuck it is that I'm doing. Yes. And I was so overjoyed because, and it's also pretty, it's purple, green, and white. Like, it's beautiful. But, like, um, my experience Remember that? Remember that? Same. Remember what I told you earlier that my boss asked me when it came to purple? <laughs> I know, just dragging us to hell. Um, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it real fast. So the- please, please do it because... Like <laughs> I said, my boss said... Again, I love my boss. I love my boss. I'm so thankful for the job that I have. I'm thankful that my boss, I'm witnessing my boss grow as a person every day. Right. Because he's an amazing dude. Um, so, um, and he said only to the bisexuals. He was like, no, so to the bisexuals. Um, what is your favorite color and why is it purple or black? Just dragging us to hell. And I felt so attacked. I felt so attacked. Like, fuck this nigga. <laughs> like, how dare you come for me? I'm not even bi, and that's the worst part about it. 
All right. It's like all the all the folks vaguely in that category. <laughs> vaguely. But like it's it's that it's that same experience of what you were describing when you were a kid was exactly what I went through. Like, um I can remember being like five or six years old and like wearing my brother's clothes because black people be doing hand-me-downs hard as hell and then um running around my mom was like you you seem like you're gonna be a tomboy and I was so proud when she said that I was like I'm a tomboy that's exactly what I am there's a great representation of what it is that I am trying to do and by the time I was like nine or ten I was like I gotta figure out a good tomboy name and of course I'm a child I have I'm not good at it so I was like what if my name was Jamie and people couldn't figure out my gender until they met me. Oh, I need my name to be Jamie. And so I was obsessed <laughs> with trying to change my name to be Jamie, which I never told anybody because my parents were like not into anything vaguely like that. But by the time I got to be like, maybe like 15, 16, I had finally, no, I might have even been 16, probably 16. I finally had encountered the word queer and I was like, I was like, okay, so bisexual exists. And I think the, the very first thing I came out as was bisexual, which is still relatively true. I would it'd probably be something more close See, I came to out pansexual. I came out straight as gay. I was like, bitch, I'm just going to jump down into the bell. I'm just going to go all the way. Head first. <laughs> Found out that was not true. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Because I, like, I fell in love with my best friend and I was like, oh no oh no and then I was like oh no I, I still like this dude oh, okay that's fine um and we're like well we'll just we'll just not talk about it we'll just not talk about it with ourselves either we'll talk about it with anybody and not ourselves either we won't talk about it yep. and then like by the time I was going through college I was like okay we got to talk about this we're having a rough go but like but after that I finally had like time to sit on the internet and be like okay what are trans people doing? What is that? And I was like, there is more than one way to be trans. Holy smokes. Thanks, Tumblr. Like, and, yeah, because and so like, that was the journey of finding like genderqueer and realizing that you could do multiple genders in one person and it'd be fine. Like, and once I got cognitively to the understanding that gender is literally a performance of social norms and social expectations and social power exchanges that shit is like a fun-ass game that i'd be playing like it is yeah, awesome time. look i remember when i was in i want to say grade 10 right great either grade 10 or 11 i went to a school dance in a pink shirt uh-huh. and mind you i had already researched the color pink and like it's societal bullshit Right. So some dude was like, why are you wearing pink? It's for girls. I'm like, first of all, okay, this is a beautiful pink. That's number one. <laughs> Black people look so good in pink, too. Always. Uh, number two, pink and yellow. God, I was right. or pink and yellow. But then number two, I was like, uh, pink isn't just for girls. Matter of fact, used when to be for boys. it used to be for boys. And then retail marketer decided to, it was actually thanks to the, thanks to shopping, shopping, right. capitalism decided. Capitalism, yep. That pink is for girls and blue is for boys. And then that yellow is that gray zone only to be used 
when you're not sure what the sex is, because that's what people started doing after Ultra. Or um, I think green too. Oh, I haven't okay. seen that. I don't want to see that. I do not want to see a baby green rum or a green baby yeah, that's, rum. That's 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 rough. I do love the color green, but I feel like that could be like my grandparents painted my when I when we when I used to live in the like the house, like the big the, the big room that I used to have there, they painted it apple green when I was in like middle school. That's so aggressive. I don't no wonder I turned out the way I did. <laughs> It's funny though, because I had a, a a baby pink bedroom that was all hearts. Literally, the whole motif was like little pink hearts everywhere, and I was like, "You still got like a boy with an eye in here, like <laughs> right, right." Like one of those things of like, as we got older, we and especially like as we got older, it became it became a a conversation for ourselves every day. Right. Right. Every, every day. Every day. Like, like I'm going to be real. I'm going to say this. And it's not like a woe is me kind of thing. It's not like a fuck you kind of thing, even though this whole world is just fuck you. Like, you've seen, you've been, you've listened to this podcast. But it's more of a, it's like, okay, I'm just going to say it. Cisgendered people I'm not just saying cisgendered heterosexual. I'm saying cisgendered people in general have it so much easier when they wake up in the morning. Yeah, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Okay. Now, could we are black? So hold on. Right? I, I have I have thoughts for you. So I'll let you make your point and then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a list. Go ahead. So a cisgendered white man only has to wake up in the morning. Right. A cisgendered white woman has to wake up and be a white woman. A cisgendered Latina has to wake up and be a cisgendered Latina. Right, right. It's layered. Living in the United States. Same thing for a cisgendered Latino living in the United States. Then you get to Black. (laughs) Right. Now you got to wake up being Black. Right. You just wake up a nigga every day. (laughs) Every day. I'm waking up a nigga? God. Damn. And the thing is, I absolutely love being black, but it does not mean that I do not get exhausted. And the thing is, I'm not upset about my blackness. Everyone else is. And I'm like, could y'all fucking chill? Could y'all let us just be happy with who we is and we all be good? So like that for me, that is actually a really foundational part of my identity. So like one of the things I was like thinking about before, and I think I wrote it down because I was like. But you did homework. But you know me, the bitch do research, the bitch, the bitch do, do research. research. But like, I was thinking about it. I was like, what is being non-binary? What is using they, them pronouns? Like, what is changing my gender appearance sometimes twice in a day? Like, what is that really, like, what am I doing with that? What's the utility here? And I was like, how do I frame this in my mind? And so I was like, okay, not non-binary as in vaguely androgynous, but non-binary as in radical black resistance of colonization as expressed through gender, like non-binary as in Prince's famed lines, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm something you'll never understand. Like non-binary is, as in, I'll do what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. Like that's that's the vibe that it is for me. And, like, it's, and you know what's crazy? Ownership of self. Like It really is. And it's wild because of all the minorities that are within our, within our country, 
right? right? And I'm just only using within our country and I'm only using modern era history because we don't know what happened before, you know. Right, we don't even, we don't even the get British. that. We don't get that. But if you've noticed throughout like the expression and, you know, the doors busting wide open in the, in the 20th century of queerness, and blackness and and pride in being latina and pride in being latin and latinx and just immigrant right like, taking pride in like where you come from quality because, of culture right. because i always have to express that there's a difference between being an immigrant and being puerto rican if you're puerto rican you're from america so like why y'all treating them like they're the immigrant this is their country too feed mm-hmm. them Feed them, help them during a hurricane. Anyway, I digress. Child, I got a rant for you about that. We're not finna go there. We're not going there. But it's like the one thing that came out is the the gender movement. Mm -hmm. When it burst out, you know how long it took for Black people to laugh about, be able to laugh about making slave jokes a damn self? You know how long it took us? Our grandparents still hit us if we do it. I know, my gosh. But then you make a, a an NB joke. Yeah, right. And we cool. I think because we're so close on the cusp of non-binariness as like an existent item in social consciousness, I think that we have to be that thick skinned about it because mm-hmm. without it, we wouldn't survive. Like yeah. we, we can't be sensitive about it and still exist because if we're sensitive, then we're noticeable and then we're wiped out. Right. So like, that's one of the things, like if you look at the technology of blackness and how we continue to laugh and survive about through things, it's like, at first when we really get in, get our teeth into a topic and it's like, okay, we're doing voting rights. Like if you, if you were to ask my grandmother, if you were to ask my, our grandparents about voting rights, they will argue you down on some voting rights because it is the most important thing of their generation. Now, if you were to ask some of us, we're like, yeah, voting rights are important, but like presidential figureheads kind of suck either way. So like we could talk about that, like maybe some are better than others, but like they still put in kids in cages regardless. So we got to fix that I mean, shit. all so, like, I'm saying the nuance is twist. why would the people who, the, who not only fucked up the country, why would the generation who fucked up the country and it's not going to see its future still in office when there are people who are going to see a future wanting to be in office and make the world a better place. I mean, there are some of them, some within that same generation who want to fuck us over because like there's a whole guy in North Carolina who apparently runs his Twitter like he's Trump. It's insane. It's insane. So I cannot understand the reasoning and the logic at all. But like, again, I live in AOC district. So I am, I am, the gods in the universe blessed me. I'm so jelly, which I'm uh, actually, I'm just, I'm just grateful that I'm in a, a, a state with a democratic governor. Cause we literally could have been Texas right now and God bless Texas. It is literally the wild. Y'all was really close a few years ago. Y'all yeah, no, we, 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 we touched it. We definitely touched it. Just real light. Speaking of, speaking of bitches in North Carolina government, I'm just going to say this now for years, for years, we People who lived in North Carolina for years wouldn't always say, when you ask who the commissioner of the elevator or the Department of Labor was, they'd be like, Sherry Berry, she lifts me up. Right. That bitch was a Trump supporter. I know. They even named a beer after her. And I was like, y'all got to take that shit off the shelf. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't drinking no Sherry Berry beer. I ain't doing it. That's a mouthful. Sherry Berry beer. 
<laughs> but it's wild because as we are able to be not as sensitive about our identities with it, and I think it's also because we have to wake up again. This is the whole race ties into everything when it comes to black folks. I really need y'all to understand that. Actually, I, I have I have a whole thing for you on that. So let me know when you're ready. Race ties into everything for everyone, but like with black folks, it's Facts. like with especially those of us in the United States, there's like history and nuances behind it, right? A lot of it, correct. And it is ingrained and instilled and indoctrinated within us. And y'all too. Because like not for nothing, even if you're not black, you know what I'm saying? Your, Even if you're not black, you were be con- being compared against the standard of blackness and whiteness, and anywhere where you can be measured in between, because the metrics are set at blackness and whiteness. Oh, word! Think on it. Think on it. Because so, the yeah. reality is, when we wake up in the morning, we realize again this, the whole wake up in the morning thing. You don't have to wake up as a black person. You don't have to think, okay, today I'm black. You just die. Right. You just you just woke up as a black person and you already knew that that was going to fuck you up through life, right? Then you have to tell yourself, okay, well, today I'm going to tell my grandparents or my parents or these friends that I like dudes or I like chicks. Or all of them. Or all of them. But wait, for me, it was I only like dudes. You know, right. I feel unlucky for people who got to skip one or, one or two of their coming out. I know. I was like, I just thought about it. I was like, I could come out like four times now. I'm tired. Like, like I came out because like, I remember I came out as gay and then I came out as bi and then, and then I came out as straight edge gay. Oh my God. I was a straight edge gay. There was no alcohol. You... There was no, no weed. Go. What did I do? I said, I said, bye. Bi, queer, gender queer, trans, non-binary. I think that's where we stopped. What is yeah. that? Five? Fuck. Five. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was gay, then bi, then... <laughs> it's like I stand um, up with a pot, and it's like, announcement, I've changed gender again. Yeah, like, like yeah, here's <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. It has a new gender. Like, it's like... <laughs> it was like, okay, so now I'm... So then, yeah, it was like... Straight and up, the thing is, you have to gay. announce gender and sexuality, and they're separate, but then they're together. So, like, you got to update on both of them. You know, like, they change your status. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, okay, I'm gender queer. And then I thought gender queer was just all encompassing of gay, bi. Right. And- it was. It was convenient. That shit was so convenient. It I wish I could go back so, to that. Like as a solid. I know. I know. Like, I, might, I might just have to. Like just just because of the convenience. Sometimes you, it, wake up, you don't have to like, say it. It's one sentence. Like. Yeah. Then after that, I started dating a girl, but then I found out about pansexuality. And so like there was like a three-month area when I thought I was pan when I was dating this girl. Mm-hmm. But then she turned out to have a massive amounts of biphobia. Oh no. And even though I didn't identify it bi, I fucked dude. So it made me be like, right. oh, we by, ain't vibing. Bi by default. <laughs> but also, this was also the same girl who um, punched me in the eye when we were having sex, so... Is, did you ask for her to do that? No. Okay, I don't like it then. It, it was a very weird, like, I did not have sex with a female for a while after that. She ruined it. I would pick, yeah. I would definitely <laughs> have taken a break. 
would have gone on a little hiatus with the ladies. Went on hiatus right. with the ladies. All right. Right back to the I haven't dude. had a dude do that to me. So I'm like, well, maybe we'll just stick with the men if this is what happens when you right. do women. So. <laughs> and then I went back to like, okay, I'm gay. And then, and then I started dating a trans guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to make, and I don't mean to make it like, I don't mean y'all as an all. I mean y'all as in, you know, you, if you fit into this category kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I think that's what we all mean when we all say y'all, but bitches be turning their heads like, who is y'all? Because y'all mm-hmm. ain't me. <laughs> but. If it don't apply, let it fly. If it don't apply, let it fly. But like, if you've ever been lucky enough to like be with a trans guy who is happy with his gender, and his sexuality. Ugh. It's like being near a wise sage. Because every trans man that I've met who is happy with their transness and, and, and they're either they either achieved what they wanted or they're working toward achieving what they want, they're just so much more happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because number one. They've experienced what it was like to be a woman. Right. They got good sense. <laughs> they got good sense. You know what I mean? They've experienced what it was like to be a woman. Um, of Quite a few of the trans men I know have been with men as, you know, as they're transitioning into men. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. as they're finding their gender. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they they learn how to they learn what kind of man they want to be. They what one of the things and I, I this is one of my favorite aspects and I call it the technology of transness is the fact that you can master not completely but more fully perspective. So you can actually perform masculinity non-toxically now there are i have met some extremely toxic trans men who are like i'm performing masculinity in the absolute worst way possible because oh yeah how are there trans men who are still misogynist like we have to have a talk baby because they're like you you know what this shit feels like what are you doing after you too you know they are after you too that's the thing though it's it's the standard replication of oppressive systems it's the same it's like black hoteps it's the same bullshit where they're like we're gonna be homophobic and i'm like nigga they gonna kill us all like <laughs> the fact that they're like, a gay hotep you, is all you bad. you being homophobic is not gonna make your, your, your ass less black and a target sorry <laughs> like it may make you feel better about being mean to me but we all but, still finna get got <laughs> we all gonna get got but like it is but, like, I remember one time, and the trans guy that I used to date, he's an amazing dude. Oh, my God. He's like, you know how we all have those friends that you're like, oh, my God. Like, I'm be real. I have some of the most magical friends. You like, do. I really do. All of them are, like, I was so lucky, right? But he, not only was he the man that he wanted to be because he pulled from all of these different, you know, vibes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Self-built, 
So he actually took the time to curate himself. And that's one of the things about transness is that we actually take the time to be who it is that we want to be. And other people just out here raw default settings. And that shit is bad. Right. Because homeboy also taught me that it's okay if you're not a dude, but you're not a girl. Period. That was (laughs) it. He was just like, and he said it like that. It's okay if you're not a dude. And, and if you're not a girl, like, just be you. And you don't have you to... Need, you have to have somebody tell you that the first time, but once they do, your your brain literally cracks open. Yes. And then he also taught me, like, and that doesn't change what you like uh, in a person sexually. Like, your preference for right. someone else's sex is different than your gender. Oh my gosh. Distinguishing the two and not letting, that's the thing because like that coupling of sexuality, it's like, okay, if you're defining your gender by who's attracted to you, you're not in control. Right. And that, that is hard because of desirability politics and all the, the, the ups and downs of that, especially on um, AFAB folks, people who are, who are originally signed female as birth, like that's crazy. And then going the other direction, people that are signed male at birth, like the expectation of dominance or pursual and all of that plays into too. And it's like, okay, I have to perform this aspect of gender in order to receive attraction. And it's like, no, just be your damn self. And yes. the people who are into that will be like, I'm into that. Right. And we'll like, find you. <laughs> then I was able to realize, all right, my sexuality is just queer. That's the best way for me to describe my sexuality. Same. But my gender is non-binary. Right. Right. And then explaining that to my mother. Ugh, it's so hard to explain to people. My mother, actually, my mother and I had a talk the other day. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Shout out talking to parents. Shout out talking to parents. But okay, so like my mom is like the biggest. You know that ghetto ass mom after graduation? Yes, it's clapping is very loud. It's like the clapping is loud, and even though they said wait till the end, my mama gonna clap anyway. That's my mama, right? I love it. I love it. And my mama is down with the gay ass shit. My mama is like, everybody gay up in here, walk a flock of flame. I love her. (laughs) I mean, she wouldn't say Waka Flocka Flame, and I don't think Waka Flocka Gay, but <laughs> I'm looking at your face, but... I, I, I did some quick math. Keep going. But my mom is just like, you know, she's down with the gay shit, right? She's down with the get down. Right. And she's always had gay-ass friends. My, my godmother is a lesbian. My grandmother, her mother, is a lesbian. Okay, so she knows the vibes. She knows the vibes. She, was, she came in knowing the vibes. And so... The gay shit was easy. Right. But then... The gender shit was hard. The gender shit was hard. Because parents are the most... Parents are so tied to their kids' gender. They they perform their gender through their children. That is the concept of football. Bruh! What is sports but gender performance through the child? Like... I don't. Bruh. I cannot explain to you how much gender my dad performed through me and my brother playing basketball. I cannot describe that to you. I, no, I get it. Was it was like, like the most fulfilling aspect of his gender performance was us being basketball stars. And look, like, I'm gonna be real. 
no shade to single moms. No shade to single moms, okay? Oh, absolutely that too. Oh my God, I know where you're going. Please. But I only lived with my mama until I was about four or five, right? But my mom used to judge me like the man she used to date. Exactly. Because she needs something to counterbalance to perform her femininity or momness in a dramatic way. So I have to have the contrast with me. Bam. That's it. It's it's literally performing gender through your kids. That's and why then, people be dying in gender reveals. And then I <laughs> people be getting fucking murked, bro. I mean, I mean, a whole fire, a whole ass fire. Like they people what crashed is? a fucking plane in the what ocean. Is? Two people died doing that. They put damn forest fires. What Somebody got it. Um, I don't know about that, but somebody exploded something and like two people died in that. I'm like, y'all dying for gender? Y'all it's a game. Y'all dying for gender. <laughs> I, and I remember, because, you know, they have gender, at least the way I've seen it, it was, they would have the gender reveal before the baby shower, so they know what sex to buy the baby shower present for. Right, right. Now, I remember when I was growing up, you only had a baby shower. And we found out what the right. sex was either the day before, uh, either when you called and invited the bitch. Right. Or, or at the baby shower and everybody bought neutral stuff and you just got a whole you got bassinets and wipes and everybody had freaking um hot dogs um the little beanie weenies or whatever right. sauce and, it's good and and and, <laughs> and 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 diaper genies were all the way right it was simple it was simple know. okay but now one thing i will tell you is is it's not niggas that's dying behind gender reveals that's what it is that's what that is Look, let me be real. Like we may have, we may have because, one in the nigga, because what is the, what is the rule as a nigga? I can't do that shit. I'm black. Right, ain't finna do none of that shit. You're doing too much. The most, well, uh, uh-uh. the most. Like niggas. Now we all be, we all be out in the yard and maybe set off some fireworks and be clapping and loud and extra. But we not finna no charter no damn plane and fly that shit into the ocean. <laughs> we not finna burn down we the forest. Niggas got we no trees in the hood shit. anyway. We not doing that. I told you my grandmother let me go into the woods with a white boy when I was a young child and I refused to go back. <laughs> Be the ghetto. Also, the way I just said all of that sounds like sounds like a Huckleberry it, Finn chapter. Like it it actually did. You were correct. Like it's weird because as an adult, as an adult, I am you know when you're an adult and you're thinking about coming out again. Oh, and believe me. Yes. you have to do the testing the water thing yes yes you're like collecting data for like several months before you're like should i make this decision right let me ask you a vague question about something that has nothing to do with me but has everything to do with me like <laughs> and you know and you know what they always say about the tree stump and the axe which saying is this one the tree stump always remembered being hit the axe forgets oh oh egg, facts i know yes correct okay so like even if they're just rambling on about something they feel like they answered your question if they say that one wrong thing in that ramble that shit burns yes so <laughs> then one day my mom and i are having a conversation when i'm in when i'm like at the house now you know i'm only down there like i used to only go down there twice a year right right so and we're at the house and my mom said well and i said something about gender and she was like well all i know is i gave birth to a boy and you better not right. be in, and you better not be wearing those skirts around nobody that I know. Oh my god. And now here's the thing. As a child, that would have hit me more. 
Right, but, but you I, don't live in her house no more. Exactly. I don't live in your house. I don't even live in your state. Who you and in the people that you know that live in the state that I do, they know that I love them. But your place in my life basically is, it sums up based on how you ask who's gonna beat my ass. Right. It's who gonna beat my ass. Like who gonna do it? Wait, you wanna come up to my street, my whole block, you know where it is. You know where my block is. Right. We can block off. We can back off both intersections. Let's go. Right. It was hard because I was like, I would love to have the comfort of like, if my shit went wrong and like, I couldn't figure it out, I got to go home. But it's like one thing I told myself, like as I graduated, I was like, I will live in my car before I go home. Because one thing I'm not going to do is fold my whole gender shit right on back down and tuck it away. It's queer in here. And wherever it is that I'm leaving in my house, it's going to be gay shit in that house too. Like. I remember when I was, the last time I was down there, um, I went to one of my friend's houses. Like they had like a, the moist, beautiful night. And we had moist scottle. I'm good. I hate you so much. And I'm not and, even one of those people and, that doesn't like and, the words. But the fact and, that you're subjecting us to this. And moist potatoes. Uh, keep going. And... I, um, and I had, it was after I finally came out as genderqueer. Well, no, my bad. Finally had, I came out as non-binary. Okay. I had finally come out as non-binary. And I went down and that night I was going to our friends for dinner, right? And I had on my my skirt, a crop top, and a nice hat. Cute, an outfit, a look. A look. A skirt and a crop top is always a look. And then a a hat. Anyway, keep going. Wait, was this when you had your long braids too? No. I loved when you used to do that though. You cropped up in your long braids. Anyway, keep going. You you were always so fresh to me and I was like low-key jealous. Please keep telling your story. (laughs) But we would, we were at the, so I went there and my friends were all like, bitch, you looking fierce. And, and like right, my right. friends are, you know, there's a white girl um, and, and, and a white envy, uh, two black cisgender dudes, but one of them is gay and one of them, well, one of them is actually not gay, my bad. One of them is queer. Okay. And then one of them is, uh, is straight. Right. But like my friends were all so supportive. Right, right. And then... I go home and my mother sees me wearing a skirt and a cop top in person for the first time. Mm. I'm 27 years old. Right, grown. Grown. My mother said, let me look at you. And then didn't say shit afterwards. That's terrifying. I don't know how you emotionally survived that. I would have perished. Look. It was like one of those things, and it's, it's like, because I came from a very oddly queer-friendly house growing right. up, except for a while, from what I understood, my brother was homophobic. Oh, so it was very weird. How are you going to be homophobic? And, and everybody all, in here gay, right? Everybody in here gay as fuck. Like, right. what happened to you? Interesting. But... It's also like my relationship with my family when as me coming out of non-binary, it might not fully change, but I know that there's always that 
caveat of right well if you come out as male to female what's that going to look like to us right it's like they're waiting for that that's the thing and i i've never i will never ever fault anybody for it because you literally have to go at your own pace and i literally stair-stepped from i mean we pretty much all do emotionally but like stair-stepped from straight to buy to pan i i personally i i like the word polysexual because i'm like just about everybody but can't everybody get it um but like <laughs> i mean no, that's fair that's real um, fair. and i i like to tell people the term because i was like you can have that if you need it you can say no to some levels of attraction please limit yourself have standards yes but, um but like I, I will never fault anybody for stair-stepping through their sexuality or through their gender because a lot of people will stop at, okay, I am I'm a man, but I'm a gender non-conforming man and I like to wear eyeliner and sometimes paint my nails. And they'll, they'll stop there and they'll stay there for a year or two. And then they'll be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just queer and we're figuring it out. And then they'll, they'll take a pit stop at non-binary and then they'll stop at trans without physical transition. And then they might then physically transition. And so like you because of the way that it's handled in society, a lot of people take several years to stair-step their ways through it. And that's important, but it's also really hard living in that transition space and people waiting for you to do something that you're not gonna do. Right, like, like I- It's a lot of pressure for no fucking reason. I, like, I always knew I was never going to physically transition. That was never right. my goal. Like First I, of I've all, never felt like I had to have like serious body mods. Like if if I ever did hormones, I, the only body them. mod I'm doing is on the Sims. Right. It's like there's some tattoos and some aftermarket upgrades, but we are not doing full scale <laughs> body mods. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not like there's. I always knew I wasn't going to physically transition, and I and I feel like that was always the problem that people didn't understand, right. it's and like that. They, it unintentionally demand it of you. And they and they expect you. It's like one of those things of like the emotional labor that we do at Black mm -hmm. folk. Mm -hmm. And at people of, of Black folk, queer Black folk, queer Black folks who fall in the trans category have to do so much work educating each other, ourselves, right. we, and all the other We have to hold, right, we have to hold so much and then gently walk everyone through it. Right, and it's just like, I get it, not everybody knows, right? Right. Right. I get it. But at some point, if I if I'm telling you what you don't know, and right. you tell me that you took it in, you received it, you heard it, why are you telling me about myself? About my goddamn self. And the thing is, I was the person who came to you to start this knowledge. That is like one of my biggest things as, as someone who happens to be a subject matter expert and a lot of weird, vague ass shit. When I mix, when I am literally teaching you a thing and you're like, thank you for teaching me. And you come back at me sideways about something that I motherfucking taught you. Bitch, what? you don't get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> and then they got the, and, and they've got the audacity to act like you're the crazy one. Like, and bitch, then it's uh, aggressive as hell too. If you came at me with a question and be like, "What is this?" We could talk, but then you'd be like, "Why ain't you do blah blah blah?" Why? <laughs> and it's like, okay, look, it, it, it's wild because my family and I we're at a good point with it, right? Right. Mine like too, my, actually, just recently. My, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
We'll we'll talk about we that. Had, we'll we'll we do a section. Up, we had different upbringings. Yes. Yes, we, we had, did. You were not allowed to listen to secular music for a while. No, it was it was me and my brother on the floor listening to the radio, sneaking Mary J. Blige. Like <laughs> sneaking that's how Mary knows she did something. I know we were like, we just gotta <laughs> we just gotta get it. That and um I think it was a fifty some fifty cent songs back in the two thousands. Oh my oh, god, the first god. time we heard the whisper song, we were so scandalized. <laughs> bless your soul. Bless your soul. That would not that would have not been my black ass. My black ass was like my grandparents had me listening to the Beatles. You knew they 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 had no cares. Well, that's that's the thing. We one of the things that was really interesting to me is and I had to do it in steps and phases. Some of it I did at the same time, but like I absolutely support my parents' desire and where their hearts were in this. But my my family was, and for the most part still is, they've loosened up a little bit, but they were diehard assimilationists. They were like, you must act white, you must almost basically be white in order to be successful. And though it was really painful and left a lot of scars for me, they were doing that because they wanted us to survive. And so I understand and I don't indict them for that. Now, did it work the way they wanted? Yeah, we're actually pretty successful. But like, it's basically either you assimilate aggressively and make it somewhere or you die trying, which is the decision you make with blackness. Anyway, like- No, but, that, like, but, but, that com- but in that comes part of not being able to say, hey, mom, dad, I'm not binary and, right. you know, I don't only like men. Right. You're, you're breaking away from the safety of norms. Because I think, I honestly, and I, they've shown this later on, now that I'm stable and I have my life together. But, like, a lot of their worry wasn't so much that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. It was what the world would do to me because of that difference. That part. Because, like, like, even though we we have this bad rap about, like, Black parents being, like, mean and abusive, and they have their critiques, a lot of times, all of their shit that Black parents are doing this way over the top is explicitly based in fear of what's going to happen if they don't teach you a lesson about how it's fitting to be when you get in the streets. No, I always remember that meme that says, no one prays harder like a Black mother with a son. Right, right. And... I want to throw the, the word gay in there and then you really hit it. Like, <laughs> gay they stuff. added it. Like, but... like a, little, a little carrot. It's true. Like, and it made me realize why a lot of Black families are, like, a lot of, because what I've realized is, depending on who they are, right? Right. And we're, we're I'm going to, I'm going to live in a, I'm going to pretend we're in a world where it's not religious based, okay? Gotcha. But depending on where you are, if we're only looking at racism, right. our parents did what they did to help us because you are already Black. Right, right. And they're going to be fine and cool and dandy with you being gay. But then when you go out to the white world and you say you're gay and Black. Right. They know what's coming. Right. Because they, they know the pain of being black is already going to be too much and is going to break you down and will eventually kill you like that's sorry to be a pessimist but like that's that's what happens as we are standing in culture now and so they're like we don't ever want 
us to add or for you to add any more things that would make it more difficult. And even though it usually gets been out of shape and super convoluted, I understand, at least in my specific parents' perspective, it comes from a place of, place my, of love. I mean, my grandparents like, were very, it was always of love. Like, thankfully, my grandparents, like, they didn't, they weren't assimilationist. They just threw me into a world for where it was predominantly white. And okay. my grandfather, a white man, taught me about my black history. So I think that was the counterbalance. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> We're gonna have a white man teach you way more about black history than a white than than any other black person you know. There you go. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. He and he also taught me about the history of like the Moors because you know he's Italian. So mm-hmm. the, so the history of Africa and like in 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 Italy was very wild. Yes, it was a, a whole lot of back and forth going on that people don't talk about. <laughs> we don't we don't talk about that. We're never gonna mention about we're never gonna talk about Julius Caesar and fucking Cleopatra. We should never talk about that. Especially the one where she's in a bathtub because she's a white woman and it's nineteen sixty something. But that's another story. Ooh. Um Oof. But, Oof. like so your parents, you your relationship with your parents is good, right? Yes, and I'll I'll share here, but like um at the, I know I told you guys early because I needed the, the 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 morale boost. But like at the very top of the year this year, I was like, okay, guys, I am going to um, change my name, and this is what it's going to be. And of course, like because the way that we have formed friendships and the way that we do friendship in the modern world, all my friends are like, okay, what's the name? Like it's beautiful. We like it. How do you pronounce it? What's the spelling? Like okay, this is what your name is. We're all going to practice when we do our chats. And so I got to that place and built that confidence. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell my parents about this and how I arrived here in this like super long journey of accepting myself first and then having to hold and basically grasp that acceptance of myself with all that I am in the face of direct rejection of that new self and say, it doesn't matter if someone says that self is not good enough for them, it's still going to be me. And so I brought that to my parents and I was like, hey, this is a really long journey that I've been on, but like, I have decided who it is that I want to be when I grow up, <laughs> essentially. And like, I want that person to be based in kindness. I want that person to be empathetic and I want that person to be authentic. And that person's name is Solier and hi, I'm your kid. And so like, they were like, wow, we're really proud of you for taking the time to do that and to, to center yourself and to find out who you are. And then even though you did all that work and somebody still rejected you and ended a long relationship, that means that you're still concretely committed to being that person you discovered you were. And we find that beautiful and we want to support you in that work. And of course, I just wanted to sob after they said that because I was like, this is all the affirmation I ever needed in my life. I've just self-actualized. No one talked to me ever again. Goodbye. It was amazing because like, that's what I mean when I talk about my parents. I remember, well, I'm one of those people that has the, the double dip of the queer family. My brother is also bi. Um, when he came out, it was ugly. Like it didn't go well, messy. We had lots of terrible things were said, but like we just kind of let it go and nobody really talked about it, which in, in its own way was their grace of them not like trying to attack him about it. Right. Me and my brother have never talked about anything yet. Mm. Ever. Ever. Actually with none of my siblings. Because, you know, the most I do is I tell them that I'm queer and then that's it. Right. But 
To me, the one thing is I can always say, like my grandparents, the way they raised me, me coming out to them in any manner usually always went pretty well. And my grandfather always told me that no one loved me more than him. That was his thing. Right. He was like, I don't give a fuck what happens. I'm <laughs> down for you unless you murder somebody, then your ass is in prison. That's basically what my parents said. They're like, who you are and this the beautiful analogy they gave me. They're like, Prince went and changed his name like a hundred million times, but the quality of his artistry stayed the same. And so like, as long as the quality of your character and who it is you decided to be in your heart stays the same, you can have any name you want, you know, look how you want, be a good person. And I was like, <gasps> I've just been compared to Prince. I've got a like, And I'll be real. I'll be real. But Solier like, is a good ad person. Solier yeah. is a beautiful person. I mean, they're better than, than Finn. Let me explain something. I, once we get to my canceling, we'll talk about that because, because I'm going I'm to go down in standing once I tell you this. Because let me explain something. When I changed my name to Fen, right? Because mm-hmm. before, I used to be evil. I mean, I was just a terror. No, I was no. terrorizing the world, all right? I, you know how, like, some people wanted to watch the world burn? I wanted to burn it. Oh, my gosh but I was too far away from California. Do something about your fires. Somebody give them water. I know. Somebody help them. Please. God. Buy, you know what? Actually buy wine from one of their vineyards to put money in their economy. Do fucking that. I know, but they're all smoky. They all taste smoky. If you don't, if you don't like smoky wine, it's not going to be good. Oh, I can deal with that. (laughs) I like. I mean, some people do, but. I like smoky men, smoking jackets. It was like, you're a smoky person anyway. I like smoking <laughs> Oracle. He cute. Anyway. But it was like one of those things of Finn was just evil, but smart. Because Dangerous. like the way I used to be, I used to be just so angry all the time. And when I figured out why I was angry, when I figured out why I was angry, mm-hmm. because I had already thought about why, but then I really figured it out. I was like, oh, well, fuck this. I can't avoid this for the rest of my life. Right. And I still can't avoid the trigger, but like I can work through ways of getting through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same thing uh, for me, but depression. I was like, why am I so fucking sad? If I can right. actually figure out why I'm sad and like work through it enough to cope with sadness in a healthy way, we fit to be all right. Like, we fit to be all right. But then it was the fact of the matter is now I'm just a better person but also like again i've always been i'm very spoiled and a lot of the closest relationships i've had have been with really great people um there's only like a few people who i'm no longer friends with and that i would never be friends with again they know what they did um (laughs) you know that old joke about lesbians are always friends with their ex Mm -hmm. i am a lesbian I'd, i'd be doing that too i think there's a there's an aspect of queerness where it's like you know what it feels like to be completely and wholly rejected so you can never completely enact that on somebody. Right. And for me, it's also a level, I feel like a level of maturity for me because this person has seen me at my best and my worst. I've seen this person at their best and their worst. And I know that they're not a bad person. I just know that right now, our journey together can't continue the way it has been. And that makes me feel better right and i'm cool with them and i can be friends with them but i'm also like realizing 
with the exception of one ex, all of them have been pretty badass about gender with me. I do think about it now. Um, two of my exes. Now, that's the thing. When you when you think back about stuff, you realize that you were really doing like very queer, very vaguely trans things your whole life. And yeah. you're like, wow. And my um, and my and they would be like, oh, this is new. I'm with it. I dated this stupid little boy in high school. We used to share pants. And I think about that and I'm like, that was really, that's, there's, that's a thing. Like there's okay, gender like, and queerness happening in that. Let's be real. During the height of the email world for me, and we all did this if we were in the height of the email world for this. Right. Those of us who identified as boys during those times would have like our friends who were girls or, or our girlfriends. We would take their pants if they were smaller than us mm-hmm. and, use, and use those as our skinny jeans for the day at school. Yep. And that is exactly what we're doing. And that was like, it's like, it's like gay gateway drugs. It, is. it really is. It's like, oh, y'all thought boy, y'all saw boy George was the start of this. Nah, nah. Boy George just opened the door. <laughs> yeah. In a bad way, though, because like boy George is problematic. But, <laughs> but it was like one of those things of like, Every guy, every guy, girl, envy that I've dated had been awesome. Like, had been awesome except for one. Except for one. And he would purposely call me bro. Knowing mm. that but you like, weren't into that. I was like, look, you can call me bruv. Like, literally, bruv. Yeah, it's got a vibe. I like bruv. Bruv got a vibe. It's very British. I love it. I'm with it, right? right? You cannot call me bruv. Do not call me bro. Do not. And the thing is, it's not even simply somebody just calling you bro or saying bro in a conversation. Because when you mentally decide to address someone as bro over and over, you are projecting gender onto them in in a specific way. Like you are making that decision. And like, it's, it's so frustrating to me because when you ask somebody or like some people, and I, I call everybody dude. I'm a dude person. Like I'm a dude. Just, you're I'm, a dude. She's literally a dude. that. Whoa. Like that's how my brain goes. Or I'll be like, hey guys. And that's that's what my brain says because that's what my brain. But like if somebody were to be like, hey, please don't reference me as a dude or a guy, I won't do that because I right. know what it feels like to be like placed in a category unwillingly. Do you know how many ways, like, there are so many other words you can use. I just don't like bro and man. You can call me dude. You can call me dude. Yeah. Call me dude all day, okay? Especially right. if I'm high as fuck and we are in on a beach. and right. It's a vibe. And, and, and in the background, there's some crazy beach tune playing. Like, you know how Carolina beach vibes are? Yes, Carolina beach music. But, like... It's different, like, if you're calling me man or or bro, especially when you're texting, you took time to text that? Right, you typed it out. You put all them letters down there. I saw it. You had time to say, and it's not like you texted me right, about, like, a second after I texted you. You text me, like, 20, 30 minutes later. So you had time to think about what you had said. Right. I'm, I'm the same way about, like, women in general, but, like, I'm flexible about that because I understand the way that I have experienced the world, most people are like, that's a woman. And I'm like, well, um, but like when people really go out of their way to like ma'am and misses me, I'm just like, 
that's for you. It's not for me. I know you think you're doing it for me, but it's not what? for me. Like one I of my friends, you know that's for you. Like, like one of my friends is is NB, and I've got myself to not call them any feminine name or you know or words or or anything, right? And I will purposely call them sir. Yeah, and you, you know how I, people when you can, and you know me, you know me. I call everyone sir when I'm like, do you see what you did, sir, sir? Right, sir. right. I mean, it had the same effect when I say ma'am. I'm like ma'am, ma'am. Right, right, but, right. <laughs> but then, like, my only gender term, my only gender neutral term for that is bitch, because I'm gonna call somebody a bitch. Same, same. <laughs> I'm like bitch, bitch. Yes, bitch. Yeah, that's like the thing that you can give to people. Um, I our our mutual friend, the beloved Carvo, um, was super in- instrumental in like helping me understand what I wanted to do with pronouns. And right now, as it stands, they them pronouns are like my top fave. But I'm I'm pronoun indifferent. Like sometimes I could definitely be on some some solid he vibes. You know, I got to go to work every day, so we're getting she vibes because I'm not talking to those niggas about gender. But like. <laughs> oh, child! Listen. Like when you go to work, you're just like it's the fine. one great thing. This off and leave it at home. Like <laughs> the great thing about the COVID lockdown. Oh my God! Not having to perform straightness look, for people. I in would public. be in because you know my job. I have to be at the office, but right. the office was shut down. It was just me and my boss. So I would go into the office wearing a crop top and some slacks. Sexy professional bitch. I love it. Sexy professional <laughs> bitch. I had one time I wore a crop top and suspenders. What were you suspending? My pants. <laughs> suspenders are for pants. They're not for your shirt. Baby. I know. I know. But it's like, how far did you have to suspend them? I didn't <laughs> keep going. What do you think I went in and only a crop top and socks? Like, you just said a crop top and suspenders. You didn't. My bad. I had on pants. but it's like you because performing out during work look i am here for eight hours right i'm just trying to get my check bro like just trying (laughs) i love my job i am again very lucky that i love my job but my god like i'm already a slave to capitalism please let me be let me be let me be all right one thing i did want to ask you because we did touch on it real fast and like we're gonna yeah so i talked about my ex and like the bro man bullshit Mm -hmm. but i i want to be sympathetic as i say it because you know me. let's get it let's do it let's get it because i'm a break up with him kind of bitch let's get it we'll do it i'm here um, i've I've done my work baby let's go um i'm a well that nigga with that nigga that nigga that nigga had some good times that nigga had some bad times that nigga ain't here no more but let's go we did talk a little bit about you know anti-transness within a relationship um you you know you shed a little bit of light on your situation what talk to me what happened okay so it was a super long relationship. We were together for a decade. I was with a, um, yeah, just a whole ass cis yeah. man. Um, and the thing was, I know that I wasn't like a hundred per thousand percent upfront of like, Hey, we're doing some trans stuff, 
but like, I also never lied. I may not have just not said it all the time, but I never lied. And like, I think is either a week or two weeks after he asked me out, I came out to him as bisexual. So there, there won't know, there won't know real quality bait and switch. There's, that's a huge narrative that people like to put mm. out in relationships. They like to be like, I got with you and you were one way. And then lo and behold, I turn around and you're not. It's like, no motherfucker, I told you I was by and trying to figure it out when you met me. Right. We used to sit in the calf at school and college and look at butts of chicks. Nigga. Like, I mean, I so, do that now same but like so it, it was one of those things where it's like okay so you knew and of course it's one of those other things it's like niggas don't be paying attention they just be thinking about their own shit and not listening to what you say right. but it's like you knew that there was gay in here and that this was a brand new ass person who had never had a chance to experience life outside the extremely small boundaries of christian small town nothingness so i got to college and i did I've, I did not wild out, but I had a lot of learning to do. Like, I had to figure my shit out. And it's, but, it's, an edu- it's college is there for a well-rounded... Ed- Actually, your whole 18, 17, some, for some of us, because I went to college at 17, your whole, you know, college years in, in, into your, what, let's say 23. I think I started yeah. to level out of education. Five years good, plus. Uh, of education. You are mm-hmm. educating yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? learning about who you want to be and how you want to move through the world outside of your parents like that's something that you're doing and like we we've been together for like a super long time and I one of the things that like I decided to do was like I got to figure out who I am and like why I, why I'm struggling with depression and why I don't like myself and why I feel like I, I don't want to be on this earth anymore and so I'm like okay well let's take the time to think about it and it's like well because I feel like I'm constrained what am I constrained by uh gender okay what do we do to not be constrained by gender and I remember I was child there's some pictures and they look ridiculous but I was like a I looked like a little tiny stud little baby dyke I was like okay gonna gonna aggressively perform masculinity and I was like nah (laughs) and so I stopped doing that um it was cute (laughs) I was trying really hard I cut my hair short so I was like maybe I could pass who I could be a dude and I was like do I want to be a dude that bad? Like, am I going to go full trans? And I'm like, I got great titties. We can't. You do, though. Can't. I know. They're, they're like the perfect size if they still fit great in a binder, but they're also just enough to where you could be like, you want to see some titties? And it'd be something. You know? Yeah. Like, it's perfect. I'm with it. Um, But here I am saying this in public. But like, <laughs> I ain't got no man. I can say what I want in public. Ain't nobody going to be like, that's my goodies. That's, that's the caveat. <laughs> I mean, Hot Girl Summer is coming. Hot Girl Summer is coming. Right. We were claiming it because 2020 wasn't for none of us. But keep going. (laughs) And so, you know, I started trying to work on myself. And like, you know, it was difficult. There were so many things going on in life. But come, I would say, 2017, I really like got my shovel out and really started digging in and trying to figure out like who I wanted to be. And so in 2018, I was like, I got to come out and be public about being, I think I just said queer because I was like, I'm not explaining the dynamics and specifics to every single person on fucking Facebook. But like, I was like, hey, 
I am publicly queer and people can know that about me. If they want to know what kind of queer, we can have a conversation. And that was important to me. I came up to my parents. My brother already knew because we'd be knowing. But like, I had already come out to you guys and my friends when I first moved to Raleigh in like 15. But like, that was the process. And in that process, we slowly started kind of peeling away from each other. Yeah. But it was more him peeling away from me and me kind of like trying to reel him back in. And so I ended up getting stuck in this place of like trying to perform wifehood in order to appease him and convince him to love me. But I'm uncomfortable there. I'm not a wife. If I ever do get married and actually decide to be monogamous again, I will be a spouse. Period. Like I will not be a wife. Right. So like I'm doing all these like wifely things, but he's still slowly emotionally pulling away because it's like, I don't really want to be. I remember one time he said to me, I don't want to be in a gay marriage. And I'm like, if you're with me, it's already gay. But I couldn't say that to him because I was like, if you really liked me, you wouldn't say that because what would happen was you would have to consider your realm of attraction and what that means for you to be attracted to somebody who sometimes vaguely looks like a man but he wasn't doing that analysis. So like he continued to be extremely cishat and I'm like, okay, but because you're with me and you want to be with me for your life and you're claiming that, that het is a little bit fuzzy and I need you to, to think about that. Right. Cause it's like, no, I'm not gonna tell you that you have to change your identity in order to be with me, but I need you to think that your identity might change because you're with me and you're committed to being with me. Right. Now, what I didn't know was that he was not committed to being with me and that that, that wasn't going to change because his, his cis-hetness was stronger than his love for me. So. It's true. And I mean, it happened. And it's like, I'll be honest. And this also comes from me being poly, right? You can cheat the fuck on me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, I, I work too much, okay? I'm always working. I'm always trying new things. Um, but like black people trying new things, not like you know jumping out of airplane, not doing that again. But no swimming with sharks. <laughs> no yourself. No okay? Everest. No Everest. Like none. You know this is this is not one of those things like oh I watch Power Rangers now I'm going to try this thing too. No, but cheat on me, do things. I ain't always got time. I might be I might turn my head. Okay, I'm gonna look at your phone. You're gonna look at my phone, but I'm not gonna be snooping. No, I'm only going to your phone because I need to know what shoe size you wear so I can buy you whatever brand new pair of Jordans for Christmas. Like, bitch, what? You're so thoughtful. And I'm not going in nobody's shoes because I don't want to smell nobody's feet. <laughs> but your phone has every information I need about you. Okay, I'm just gonna get your mama's number, call her on my phone, and then we're gonna keep going. Anyway, right. it's like that I can handle. What I can't handle is. When it comes to my queerness, my identity of who I am. Right. The core of my person and you saying no. Like, like is me, it is, I have spent 28 years right. trying to figure out <laughs> what the fuck is going on over here. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Okay. You know, one, one thing I hate. It's like when I hear black people say, why you got to talk about gay shit? Because why you got to talk about being black? You had to find a way to cultivate your sense of being as a black person already on this earth. And if you're a woman, God forbid what it's like being a black woman on this earth. I don't know. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm going to be real. I'm lucky. I don't have to experience that kind of discrimination or having a period every month. 
and experiencing discrimination at the same time. That's too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I draw the line. I'm going to call Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks, and we're going to have a I would like a refund, right. (laughs) On all of this! But it's like, I spent my entire life cultivating my idea of myself. Right. I had to build that bitch from scratch. And from build scratch. that. And while being pushed down and told not to right. do it. While people were telling me no and throwing tomatoes. Like, oh, tomatoes. Cabbages. Uh, cabbages. Like. Fucking grapes. <laughs> what else are our friends allergic to? Strawberries? Oh, nectarines and tangerines? Uh, lavender. <laughs> All of it, all of the things that all of my friends are allergic to. You gave me cabbage, so we good. But <laughs> it's a terrible allergy. It's a useless allergy. I love coleslaw. Oh. It's the suffering. But at the end of the day, I had to do all of this. So I'm not allowing you. It doesn't matter how much I love you. Once I reach my limit, I'm fucking gone. Right. I love myself enough to know that if you're not loving me accurately, I can tell. And that for me was, was one of the things that we ran into. And like, I was, I was literally telling my mom um, this on the phone today. One of the big conflicts we had was about like the desire to exhibit kindness. And for me, kindness is a huge part of who I am. It's my core philosophy. It's where I meet at everything. And I'm like, you know what? I may be pissed off as this person and I may want to tear them to shreds and have the full capability to do so. But I'm going to start from kindness because humanity. And I know what it is to be outside of kindness. And I refuse to do that to someone. So like, yeah, that's my core principle. I I can take your soul to live. Your will to live. (laughs) I can take it. I really can. I'm dangerous, but keep going. (laughs) Um, so like we were having, he and I were having this huge discussion about it and it was this like thing. And I was like, do you ever offer kindness to yourself? And he was like, no. And I was like, but don't you want to? And he was like, no. And I was like, we can't be together because if I'm literally going to pour all the kindness that I absolutely can into you as part of who I am and you will not accept it, you're literally just sucking me dry and just hanging me up and being like, okay, there you go. Like, and it's like, there's no reciprocation. There's no kindness offered in return. And then it's like, and you could see it, it came up in every little thing. And it's like, the kindness would have been, and it's not even like, it was unkind of you to break up with me. I actually do think that the breakup was a form of kindness. Cause it's like, we're not compatible. We need to not be together. So I'll, right. I'll hold space for that. But the kindness would have been I see the incredible amount of work that you have done to become this person. And I respect that because like you worked so hard, you literally, you sobbed, you cried, you went to two different therapists, like you've done medications, you've done like rounds of this, you've had your friends help keep you accountable and work on stuff. You've trusted people. You've basically had to fight and claw your way to respect with your parents. Like you've done all of this work to accept yourself and love yourself and your body and move through this. And so I'm offering you the kindness and saying that I accept and respect you too, even though I don't think we can be in a relationship, but that didn't happen. It was just, we couldn't be in a relationship. And it's like, not only do you not want to be with me, which is tough because we've been together for 10 years, but it's like, 
you're not going to honor the work that I've done. You don't see the happier person that I am, the beauty of me, like that I can offer you. And that, that was really painful. But was I, 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 yeah. It was so super eye opening Cause I was like, if you can't see that, we got to fucking go. Uh, we one cannot thing I will say, One thing I will say that you got lucky and I'm glad you experienced it as a little bit older because like mm-hmm. now you're, you're, I have a foundation. You have a foundation. Um, your brain is finally developed. You know, we're over 25 right. now. Because when you're young, oh my god, that shit crushes you. You do not survive that. When you are young, like 19-year-old me going through a breakup was wild. It was wild. But adult me, one thing I've learned about niggas is that they gonna nig. True. Very true. And that's why you go that's why you occasionally just just get yourself just one little one little white man on the side and it's fine. I'm be real. Don't listen to me. I'm, I'm making real. jokes. I'm be real. I might wake up one day with a white husband and a brown husband. I really might. I've met me. That is the strongest prediction I can have of my future, and that's why. I I would agree. I also have met you, and it feels fairly probable. Like one of each, you know, rainbow coalition up in my house of all the genders. <laughs> all of us will be all the genders. Right. Right. But they all go nig, regardless, all of them. And I would rather it be something dumb than it be something that you are okay with hurting me. Because even mm-hmm. if you don't know you're hurting me, you're thinking I'm just protecting myself. I don't give a fuck about nobody else. You're hurting me. You don't give a fuck about me, but we spent all this time together. Right. I gave you love. I gave you energy. I gave you time. I gave you a big piece of me. And you don't give a right. fuck about me? Right. And as an adult? Child! Right. My love means nothing to you? My I, investment? The fact that I didn't go to grad school means nothing? For your ass? Grad The way I could have been extra for further along and far more successful, but I was dragging your broke ass around? Deep down in that envy, that that black woman that lives inside of you. Let me go get another degree, cause you know black women they just be picking up degrees. Cause that's the <laughs> thing. Like at the top of the show, like we know Solier is pedantic. Like I, I be using the verb tenses. Like I, I, I am a nerd. I am qualified. I enjoy that shit. So like and you're smart I, I've as been fuck. could have. You smart. I've been as fuck. could have. Like graduated with honors, baby. Like Ben could have finessed the hell out of that shit. But I'm out here trying to babysit a whole ass man, teach him to have empathy and love himself. And the nigga said, no, I don't want to do it. And I'm not, I'm not here to talk junk specifically about him. I'm saying in general, everybody needs to commit to deciding to love themselves. And if you're not gonna do that or not willing to try to do that, can't be around me. My, and, because I didn't take in my time and I didn't put my time in and you're not finna suck my energy up for free. Not for okay, free. Because I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. I'm going to say this and then we're going to get ready to wrap up. Okay? But okay. the one thing I've noticed about every nigga that I've ever ended a relationship with out of when they were done with stupidity, when it was just, just straight up stupidity, mm-hmm. I've realized that a strong part of it was that they didn't love themselves because they weren't taught that it was a, it was okay for them to love themselves. They didn't love themselves, yeah. And when you're not taught that it's okay for you to love yourself, 
You never think it's okay. You have to be forced and have to be beaten into you and and retrained into you. You know, because you, you're that's that's a man special. That's a that's a masculinity special right there. Because I was not like I was just like, look, bitch, this whole self love thing. I'm gonna take it. I'm, I mean, I, maybe it's because I'm a vain bitch. <laughs> maybe it's because I'm a vain bitch. But the minute somebody taught me the word self love, I said I do love myself. Let's do this shit. That was the thing that tripped me out the most, though, because, like, I literally had to do all of my shit from scratch. So it wasn't like, I've always loved myself. I don't see why you can't be nice to yourself and have empathy. I had to build empathy for myself from scratch, like, sans religious persecution, everything. And so I was like, look, I'm here. I love you. And I will waste my motherfucking time to help you build your own empathy. And you still said no, bitch. And you know what it is? It's because as someone who has attempted twice and has come to be able to love myself now, Mm -hmm. I'm that bitch. When I'm close to you, I'm going to tell you my story. Right? Right. So for me to tell you my story, and for me to see, show you where I'm at now, and for me to say, I am rooting, I feel like Tyra Banks. I am rooting for you. We were all fucking rooting for you. Right. Learn from this. Because right. the reality is, I'm rooting for you the whole way through after I've taught you my shit. I've told you everything I came from. And this right. is the fucking shit. I'm disappointed. I am disappointed. That's it's all it really is. And that's, what takes, and that's what makes it worse because, like, I'd rather you be mad at me than disappointed. And you have to be real. You would prefer that my black ass would be mad at you than disappointed. Because with mad, I can get over it. But disappointed, it's going to take time because you hurt a part of my heart. Right. And it was the thing. It was like, you're not going to, you know, you don't get to just be just for free. Make me the villain and say, I'm the bad guy for doing this. And I changed and blah, blah, blah. No, bitch, I sat here and held your hand this whole damn time until you figured out that you were fucking up. So we'll talk about that. And it's like, either want better for yourself or go somewhere. Because like, I'm going forward and I'm going up. And if you're not coming with me, we can't go together. And it's hard and it was ugly and I didn't want it to be that way. Ideally, it would have been like, you know what? I see the work that you've done and I think that you're a capable leader. Would you like to help me? Yes, let's go sign up for therapy together. And we skip down the road holding flowers. Like that could have been that could have been it. You could have had it. I'm gonna be real. I ain't skipping down no roads. I live in New York. <laughs> I I now if I was no I ain't skipping down no roads in New York City. The next thing you know, you skip and you run into somebody with her child outside in the middle of Times Square at 10 o'clock at night. It is 10 o'clock at night. Your child should be in bed, not in the middle of Times Square, <laughs> bitch. What the what fuck is, is wrong with you? Who was this? Every tourist who comes to New York with a child. A, a bad decision in general. Just why did you bring your children to New York? You can't do shit unless you're 21 here. True. Or unless you go to a university and know people who can get you into shit on the fly. So otherwise, keep your children in their hometown where they belong. Anyway, we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. I told you, you can't get through an episode of this show without me complaining. I've complained about niggas. You you have to complain. It's <laughs> important to complain. complain about niggas. Otherwise, they, they think they're too important. you got to complain about niggas occasionally. Yeah, you really do. You really do. I'm waiting for a hotel 
another gay hotel to slide into my DM to tell me how I'm not being properly black. You know what's really funny? That you he's a gay hotel? No. The general definition of properly black that he is probably applying was decided by white people. So you're not wrong. Because it's like a lot of people are like the, the whole concept of respectability politics and how how one should quote unquote be black is literally defined directly in contrast or in conditional environments of whiteness. And I'm like, nope. I define black as myself doing whatever the fuck it is I want to do. Whatever the fuck it is I want to do. We are the blueprint, okay? Cottage core didn't come from Cottage Core didn't come from somebody in some random ass field. Cottage core came from black people being sharecroppers and slaves. All right. So now <laughs> we have reached it's the end of the road. Da-na-na. <laughs> I'm not going to sing Boy to Men, not on this podcast. We've reached the point where I have to ask you a question. It is okay, not life or death. It is not life or death. But it is important to who? Me. <laughs> and that's okay. the most important thing for me because I'm the most important person in my life, bitch. Get where I'm at, not where you are. It is, in fact, your podcast. So, <laughs> um, but the important question, Solia, why are you canceled this week? Originally, I was going to be canceled because I took the day off for my birthday, and I still worked on my birthday, which was some bullshit. You but, should always take off the day after or the Monday after. But keep going. Uh, that is today. So I I took that day too. It was great. Um. <laughs> But really, honestly, after I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I am canceled because I am a hypocrite. That is why I'm canceled. And I am a hypocrite because I spent a lot of time talking cash trash to you specifically about kissing people at a cemetery. And yesterday I kissed somebody at a cemetery. So I'm canceled because I'm a hypocrite. God! You, you, yeah, no. Okay, let me explain this. This was what, back in 2016? No. The winter. It was the winter of 2016. Yes, cold as shit. Cold as shit. We were out in ice. That's how long you've been talking straight jack shit to me about yeah, and me I'll, I'll never be able to do it again. In cemetery. You, you can bring it up as much as you want. I'll just nod and smile at you because my ass was at a cemetery. Sucking a motherfucker's face. So, <laughs> Wait, you said yesterday? <laughs> yes. So is there a chance I know this person? No. Okay. Highly unlikely. Okay, cool. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. I, because, highly unlikely. Because look, look, man, there's some. I think you'll know this person eventually, though, if I have my way with things, but. It's very new, and I'm, I'm not putting it in public, but I just had to be honest with myself, because I was like, I have literally with found cemetery this motherfucker for years. The, the cemetery, bitch, you know. The same cemetery? Yes, that's why I had ah! the same. Ah! I was like, ah! I have literally clowned this man for he, actual was, years. Was he white? Was he white? Uh, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about anything. We're not going to give no specifics. We're not going to identify nobody. Okay. But I had to okay. complete. Okay. Because a bitch was a hypocrite. So 
Yeah, because that cemetery, I'm just going to say, if you kiss a white person in that cemetery, you won. You won. You won. Right, with all the Confederate dead in there. Yes! <laughs> yes! I loved it. Look, man, when I think back to it, like, I am, I represent America. I represent the Union. The absolute disrespecting of the dead. I love it. I The way I represent the more America, perfect union of your body. Like. The more perfect union of my body. I represent Mother Africa on this shit. All right? right let's because go. my black ass, child of an immigrant. Right. Same. Fuck, fucking kissed a white man in a Confederate cemetery. It was bliss. So let me add this caveat. And I, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm not trying to like be out here with my business. But... The contrast of this is, the contrast of this is, my previous relationship was complicated. I still care about this person because I'm a good person and I always move with kindness. There was, in fact, lots of horseshit going on, but still kindness. Um, in contrast, the person with which I was doing the face thing with at said cemetery was like, hey, you're non-binary. That's really cool. I like that about you. I think it's hot. And not in a fetishizing way, but like, why, why don't we figure out how that works with our faces? And it's like, there's this, this is folks out here that are trying to do, be with you. Like, let me tell all the, the they're like, trying to get that trans. they them sloppy toppy. It's that like the baby trans out there. If you're struggling, you happen to find this podcast. Like, you just keep doing what you're doing. They gonna find you. Yeah, the people, really, the people that want really you gonna are. find you, and they gonna give it. They gonna give you that good, good love. I promise. They really are. And let me tell you something. If you put two MBs in the same room, anyway, anyway, <laughs> you know, um, I can now say that, ha, bitch, welcome to the club. Yes. Okay. I, I will allow you probably about a week's worth of rubbing it in my face, and then we will bed the subject as a whole <laughs> until you meet this person, if you meet them. Then we'll have to tell the whole story and then it'll be a dramatic retelling and very funny. Because dead ass, that's a great, that's a great cemetery. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm going for the record of the you best know, why. You know, I'm the, uh, speaking of cemeteries, I will say this. So um Grant's tomb in Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh they have they used to show movies there. Movies? Yeah. On his tomb? I mean, around the tomb, yeah. Weird. I mean, it's, it's a New York thing. Anyway, true. I remember one time, it was winter, there was no movies going on there, but we were walking through and I, like, we like, saw a bunch of stuff, and then, like, homie kissed me right in front of Grant's tomb, and I was just like, I love it. I was like, you know, Vibes. this is reclamation. This is, this is touching my inner baby emo. Yes, yes. The only... The rubble of it. The next place I need to go, even though I know it's problematic, maybe I can do it on, like, some Confederate shit, is Edgar Allan Poe's house. Oh, oh, oh. The vibe. Treat that that bitch the same way I treated the Confederate Confederate graveyard. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway. Right. So I wanted to thank you for being here. You're welcome. I have It was excellent, as always. I I enjoy our conversations. I think you and I have always have a good time together. Indeed. Um, we always 
talk and laugh and yes we have such good contrast and we're always amicable and we disagree but like I love it because you're like here's this way left idea and I'm like what about this other idea and we're like oh you know what was probably the middle and it's great I love it and it's like not for nothing not for nothing like you are one of the people who inspired me to dig deeper into my blackness oh Um, thank you did you did for me you being so unapologetic about yourself and like extra aggressive about it I'm never gonna be that aggressive but I was like (laughs) why don't you be more aggressive than you have been and it was good for me we were in the car one day and I think you were driving and I was talking about my love for like some random white ass band and you were like baby you brown they racist like you need to stop and I was like I don't remember who it was I was like oh thank you and I remember that part of the conversation that's all I remember from that conversation and I was like yeah I'm gonna start digging deeper and going harder and like we always have some some good times you and Alon inspired my me digging deeper in the prince oh my king because the two of you talking about prince and your love for him made me like go harder into like listening to the music and finding out more of his story and it was just amazing mm-hmm. so i want to thank mm-hmm. you for that mm-hmm. um, you're welcome you know you you and your judgmental eyebrows your judgmental eyebrows and you call the me best hotep. ones in the game you, look when y'all want to know why i argue like a hotep it's because it's solely it okay it's me <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> so this has been already canceled with finn I'm Finn. I'm your host. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this episode in a nice mood, in a nice, happy mood. But, you know, go get you some they, them, sloppy toppies and love yourself and each other. Actually, like Jerry Springer always said at the end of the show, be good to yourself and each other. Thank you and good night.